Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Greetings to everyone in the Syria community. A tough podcast to do this week. We admit we hesitated even deciding to do one this week, but we decided to honor Fiorentina and their captain, Davide Astori, by reaching out to some Fiorentina faithful. We got Tito at Viola Nation and Chloe Beresford, a Syria writer in the UK. We're going to talk to them about what's going on with the city, what's going on with the club they love. It's a tough week, Marco, Tad. How are you guys doing? Man, it was just such a tragic loss. And, you know, in, in a weekend that was supposed to be kind of a showcase for Sedia, it turned out being just, you know, an absolute nightmare. Uh, Sunday morning, hearing the news, uh, you know, glad that Sedia did what it did. Um, but even now, you know, just looking at videos and uh, something that really stood out to me was seeing um, Bakic, uh, one of of. David Astori's uh, old teammates, 24-year-old, uh, and it shows you exactly what kind of person he was, that he meant that much to him, you know, he had to be pulled off and he was crying on the bench, so we know Astori was just a big man. Yeah, I saw that video, yeah. Ted? You know, this this game is so popular um, at the professional level because we hold these people up to be you know, gods of their craft, um, you know, you think about us being down at uh, in Boston you know, chasing around the Roma team, you know, doing the interview with Alison, meeting Daniele De Rossi, uh, that, you know, you've, you kind of stop and forget that these guys are fallible. And, uh, you know, to have it just a, such a tragic passing. And, you know, for people who follow, follow Fiorentina, um, you know, even in passing, this is, this is a team's captain. Yeah. You know, and as we'll hear from, uh, you know, Tito from Viola Nation later, um, you know, there's there's just an extra premium that's put on that, uh, not in terms of value of human life, but the value within a club that the uh, uh, that they put on a particular individual. That you know, that's ex you know outwardly saying that this is our leader. Yeah, Marco, you had a good point there. Uh, this this was uh, leading up to the weekend. Really excited. There were some great games and and uh, for Syria to kind of be out there, but. It all pales in comparison to, to you know what happened on Sunday. I still think though that that Syria is is really coming together, and that that's something to be proud of too. That um, you know there's there's a familial element. It's Italy and everything. So one of the things I really like to see in social media, um, I saw at Maxi Angelo had a great idea. You can see the Syria community getting behind this, uh, suggesting that everyone adds a purple viola heart to their Twitter handles. Uh, I just seeing a, your whole timeline filled up with with purple hearts uh, for Viola Nation out there. I thought that was really touching and cool. Um, and so the soccer community kind of really gathers within and, and um, you know embraces Fiorentina in this tough time for them. Yeah, if you haven't seen that out there, guys, please do um, through the week. Um, add a purple heart to your uh, uh, to your Twitter handle, Twitter handle, just to you know show support for the passing of Davide Astori. I want to just quickly say that, you know, beyond just the Italian soccer community, I've seen, you know, players from all around the world, you know, obviously UEFA, like the, the soccer bodies as well, just everybody. It, 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 it's a coming together of the sport uh, for a man who, 
you know, was a great player. Uh, not like the, you know, w- one of the most known players, but also known to be, uh, you know, just a great human being. So, uh, again, just if, like Tad said, if you can pull positive out of, out of this, it's the, the soccer community coming together for, uh, you know, someone who is just a, a great person. Yep. So let's let's take that, uh, you know, Davide's story, the captain of Fiorentina. If, if Fiorentina is not the club you follow, um, you know, we've got some information that, that we want to reflect on and, and provide for, for everyone so they get to know this, uh, this captain, this fallen captain, a little bit better. He was born in Bergamo up in uh, northern Italy in 1987. Great Calcio country. Yep. Uh, product of the Milan youth system, and then uh, interacted, getting partially sold to Cagliari coming up. He got his first team call-up in September of 2008 and really never looked back. He's been in Syria for, for uh, quite some time. He spent time in Roma back in July 2014 all the way to August 2015 until he did, in fact, get sold to Fiorentina, and uh, he's been with them ever since earning the captain ban this most recent season, 2017-2018. And and, uh, La Viola, from what I've read uh, um, about uh, their captain, they they were happy that he stepped in. It hasn't been the easiest season for being a Fiorentina fan. Uh, He stepped up and and really took leadership of of interacting with the coaches and and, uh, Curva Fiesole uh, Fiesole, uh, as well. I guess I'll also mention too, guys, uh, he has been capped for Italy. He, he's been called up to the, the Italian national team 14 times. Uh, so this is an international player as well. And so, uh, you know, making the Italian national team is also a big deal. So uh, th- this is a, a very good player that uh, served his country and his club uh, very well. So I guess that would be the, you know, kind of the obituary you'd find in a newspaper Davide's story. And, you know, I mean, even, even though we're Roma fans, he played for Roma, we can't you know, pretend to know him the way that, you know, Cagliari and Fiorentina fans have. So I think it'd probably be more appropriate to have the words of uh, Chloe Beresford, who just recently wrote wrote an article for the Sportsman um, in the UK, who is an avid Fiorentina fan. If you follow her on social media, uh, that's pretty hard for her to hide. Um, and she wrote this for us to, to read out here um, as her reflections on Davide's story. She says, I quote, It's hard to describe how you feel when you're in the middle of a normal Sunday waiting for your team to play when all of a sudden you receive the news that your captain has died. It's not something that you would ever expect to happen. It was a terrible tragedy, but one that I know Fiorentina will handle with the utmost dignity. It's what they do best. The statement I tweeted from Curva Fisole perfectly summed up how the fans I knew felt about Davide, and those loyal people will take pride in making sure he's never forgotten. I will be paying my respects in turn when I attend Torino Fiorentina a week on Sunday, but I don't think this terrible tragedy will sink in until I watch a team without Davide story in the lineup. Yeah, so we're grateful for Chloe. Uh, she she uh, did offer that tonight. She wanted us to uh, read that to you guys. She's a great writer in uh, the UK for The Sportsman, um, and obviously suffering hurt the club she loves and follows, has just lost their captain. She's got some great articles in addition to that statement that, you know, for any Fiorentina fan, uh, and if you're looking for English articles to kind of sum up what a fellow fan is going through, Chloe's really knocked it out of the park. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I even me, like Tad said, we're not Fiorentina fans ourselves, but can definitely identify with what she's going through. Uh, if it happened to our club, I think this is why this speaks to everybody. 
you know, if it happened to your team, you'd be feeling the same way that I think uh, we all recognize uh, uh, La Viola Nation is, is going through right now. Uh, one, of, one of them being uh, um, my quote from, from one of her articles, and I'm quoting her again. I began to consider why I couldn't shake off the feeling of sadness for the loss and realized that being part of a football club makes that pain so real. It's not what occurs on the pitch so much as the sense of belonging and community that binds you to a team. It penetrates your heart when you laugh, cry, and celebrate all together with a group of people. That really stuck out to me as I was reading articles uh, about this tragedy. So I'm really grateful for Chloe and, and uh, you know, not only giving us uh, something to say tonight, but, but her writing as well about this. Um, you know, thank you, Chloe. The other item we want to bring to you guys, uh, uh, there, there is a, a, a SB Nation blog that, that follows this club, uh, Viola Nation. We were uh, grateful for them to come on the podcast tonight, also to talk about what they're going through. They obviously have articles about the situation as well. Encourage you to follow them. Tad, you got to uh, spoke to Tito. Why don't you introduce him? Yeah, Tito Kohut of Viola Nation. Uh, surprised to find the Central Texan as a support, supporter of Fiorentina. Um, and to an ardent supporter, um, you know, so from here, just let him take it away. He's very uh, eloquent in uh, kind of how uh, Fiorentina and the team and the city are handling the tragedy. We are joined by Tito Kohut of Viola Nation. You can find Viola Nation at www.violanation.com and can follow them on Twitter at, at Viola underscore Nation. Viola Nation for all the English speaking Serie A fans out there, um, is affiliated with SB Nation, um, and you can find them on the Bleacher Report uh, team stream and all over Twitter and social media. Tito, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, always good to, uh, good to talk to you. all do a great job. Yeah, so I know it's a, uh, a, a tough week for Viola Nation and, and all the followers of those in the purple jerseys, um, but first off, just kind of a brief background on you. Um, you got the Southern drawl. So how does somebody, uh, from Texas become a Fiorentina fan? Uh, my dad's mom was actually born in a small town in Italy, about halfway between Florence and Milan, uh, called San Benedetto Po. And when they came to the U S when she was real young, uh, and so as I, uh, kind of rediscovered her history, got more into it. And then, when we uh, first got TV when I was a kid, I remember seeing uh, Fiorentina playing Udinese. I guess this would have been maybe 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. And uh, the purple shirts were just super cool. I was like, well, I got the history there, and uh, they look awesome. This is my team now. So how do you feel about the other three, the four different color jerseys from this season being so attracted to the purple one? Uh, you know, I actually love it. I mean, I think that uh, Calcio Storico is a really – wonderful tradition that probably deserves more exposure because it is just a fascinating spectacle. Uh, I also think that uh, it's good to see the club trying to interact a little bit more strongly with the city, especially of late when the uh, ownership and management have been at loggerheads with the fans uh, quite a bit. So I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, the, the, the four jerseys are, are great this season. Um, so despite uh, uh, you... Uh, might not sounding like the average uh, uh, Fiorentina fan in English, uh, the Italian accent is, is working really nice. So complimenti on that one. 
Um, but why we have you here is we wanted to, you know, tragedy struck the Syria world with the untimely passing of Davide Astori, Fiorentina's captain, um, and you and your organization and Fiola Nation being such a great outlet for um, Fiorentina in the United States or just for the English-speaking world in general. Um, we'd like to hear from you. Just explain to our audience out there what Davide Astori meant to uh, the team of Fiorentina, the city of Florence, its fans in Italy, and in Viola Nation. He meant a whole lot. I mean, he was the club captain starting this season. He'd been with the with the team since 2015. He joined on loan and then uh, made the deal permanent in 2016. Uh, he was, you know, let's talk about on the pitch first. He was a very, very good player. I mean, 14 caps uh at the same time as Chiellini and Bonucci and uh, Barzagli and some of those other really good center backs speaks to his quality. Just a real, really steady presence uh, at the back, which always stands out for a team like Fiorentina, which tends to uh, leak in a lot of goals. Uh, but he was pretty much always beyond reproach. I thought that he was, uh, last season, maybe the best player in the team and uh, absolutely deserving of the armband. Uh, I think the other thing about him is that he was never real loud. He was never a seemed like a vocal leader. He was always very quiet, very kept his cool on the pitch. Uh, but there were a couple of times where you could see video of the team in the tunnel uh, coming back out from halftime. He would be the one who was huddling everyone up and talking and getting everyone uh, everyone going. So I think it shows that he really was the sort of leader in the training room more than uh, in front of the fans. Uh, he was also the most senior player on the team this year. Uh, Fiorentina sold off pretty much all of their older players, all of their established leaders. He was the only one. And I think that he had done a really good job of leading this team through a really rocky stretch he was very honest with the fans. He took full responsibility for any perceived underperformance from the squad and from his younger teammates. He was just, yeah, he really uh, was an exemplary leader, I think, also, and clearly loved by uh, his entire team and everyone who's ever played with, against him, or had anything to do with him, I think. Yeah, glowing review coming you, which uh, I think anybody who's followed him in the Serie A can say that's that's very well deserved. And if you see from the outpouring from you know various Italian players uh, on the national team and just other players in the Serie A and internationally, um, but let's speak to Serie A. How do you feel the Serie A has handled the untimely passing with? You know, the games being canceled last Sunday, or postponed rather, and even uh, his previous team in Cagliari retiring his number. I think Serie A has actually handled this very well, which honestly surprises me a little bit, since I think that Serie A is frequently one of the least organized of the big European leagues. Uh, I think that the immediate decision to postpone matches was absolutely the correct one. I think I think it would have just been an utter travesty to uh, try and play football after something like that happened. I think it's wonderful that Cagliari, where he was the captain before he went to Roma for a year, played there for, I think, six years. 
I think it's wonderful and correct. They've retired the jersey like Fiorentina has. Uh, I like that all the teams are going to be wearing armbands, uh, black armbands, and uh, special jerseys with his name and number on them next week. Uh, I like that the league was willing to grant Fiorentina one more postponement postponement against uh, Benevento for next week in case they felt like they needed it, although it sounds like the players just want to uh, get back into it and just try to try to resume some sense of normalcy. Yeah, I mean, the, there's a heartbreak in the video that came out of, of the news being broken to the Cagliari team as, as they're warming up. I, I agree with you completely that, you know, having have played those games would have reflected unbelievably poorly on the Serie A and, and the handling of it, and at least in that instance, is, was, was the correct way to go. You know, you talk about this week-long uh, uh, riposo for Fiorentina versus Benevento. You know, that's a home game coming up. Um, how do you feel the team will react in a home setting against uh, Benevento just recently having lost their captain? I mean, there's really, there's no way to tell. Just, uh, there's, there's, I think there's too many variables, really, to to provide a good analytical football answer to that. I'm I mean, it could be that uh, it really focuses them, it brings everyone together, and they all uh, get on the same page in a way they really haven't been this season, and uh, focus, and it gives them something to rally around, and they play really well. It could be that this is a young team and losing someone who was such a leader, I think, on and off the pitch for everyone uh, could just lead to everyone being unfocused and unable to play. And uh, honestly, I think either one of those is fine. I think as a fan, the last thing I'm worried about with these players right now is their performance. I'm, I'm worried about them more than anything. I just want to make sure that they get through the rest of the season and have time to cope and grieve and do whatever they need to do for themselves. We speak about it coming from a, a fan's perspective, and you and you spoke about the fans and their their kind of uh, loggerheads with the uh, with, with the front office and the team. You know, with this recent turmoil between Fiorentina fans and the front office, uh, do you see that uh, uh, this tragedy is you know going to be the catalyst to be that healing thing that brings everyone you know that that follows Fiorentina both from the front office and from the stands back together. You know, I really hope so, although I'm I'm not as optimistic about it as I was uh, maybe a few days ago. I think all of the confusion com- that's come out about whether or not the team is going to uh, pay out the extension, the contract extension that he was due to sign on Monday, uh, two days after he died. Uh, there were rumors, uh, unfounded rumors, that the team had agreed to extend his contract for the lifetime of his uh, long-term girlfriend with whom he had a two-year-old daughter. Her name is Francesca Fioretti. The daughter is Vittoria. And uh, there are a lot of people who reported that was the case when it wasn't. Uh, it's still unclear what that's going to look like. I think all of the confusion and misinformation out there about this and the fact that the club has not made a strong clear statement about if they're going to honor that contract, in what way they're going to honor it. I worry that that could really drive a wedge between them right now. That's ex- that's very interesting, the, that perspective coming from it. And you would hope that, you know, in wake of this, that money shouldn't matter to the Fiorentina front office. And I agree that that would be it. That's, that's a make or break moment coming, looking at it from that viewpoint. Um, 
You know, as far as all the, 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 all of our social media and everywhere, I mean, obviously you couldn't get away from the story. Are there any memorials, uh, anything that stuck out in your mind as being a particularly powerful memorial to Davide's story, be it from a, a fan or a, 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 you know, a player or an organization or anything like that? Uh, I think that the two player statements I've read that I, uh, really, they just completely broke me down, honestly, were from Gigi Buffon, who is, of course, just a legend in every possible way. If you can find that on Twitter or Instagram, I would suggest reading it, but it will, it'll tear you up. Uh, and the other one is from Ricardo Saponata, who's a Fiorentina player who's hasn't featured much this year, but uh, was one of Astori's best friends on the team, and his his words were also just beautiful, poignant, and so deeply wounded. Uh, I think there have also been some efforts uh, from the fans that have been wonderful. They've hung banners around the stadium and around the city, just all over. There are makeshift shrines springing up everywhere, huge crowds out to pay tribute. Uh, There is currently a petition on change.com or .org, whichever one it is, to uh, name any new stadium that Fiorentina builds since they are in the process of trying to get that figured out. Uh, Name that new stadium after Astori as well, which I think would be a lovely gesture too. So the last question I have for you here is, you know, obviously you being such a close supporter of the team so much that you've become part of uh, Viola Nation, how will you personally remember Davide Astori? Very fondly, I think. Uh, for his performances on the pitch, the latest in a pretty long line of very charismatic center backs that Fiorentina have rolled out almost uh, cast-offs from other clubs. Uh, he was a little bit different in that he was a very elegant defender. He loved having the ball at his feet. He was a wonderful dribbler, a wonderful passer, loved to step forward into midfield with the ball and uh, provide an extra option there. So even if it... Even if it hadn't been like this, I would have remembered him fondly. But for his leadership, for the uh, for the way that he addressed fans after the uh, shocking loss to uh, Hellas Verona earlier this year, where the the Corva came out and protested against the team, they walked out of the game, and then they showed up at training to talk, and Astori immediately, without being prompted by anyone, walked down and talked with them and said. We know that wasn't acceptable, and we're going to never let that happen again. You have my word of honor, and how he took responsibility for something that honestly wasn't his fault without any second thought, took all of the blame off of his younger teammates. I think that should say to you exactly what kind of player and person he was. There are plenty of other examples as well of that. So I'm I'm going to remember him as a as a real uh, viola legend, I think. Sounds like a, a, a true capitano, and I would appreciate your sentiments towards him and his untimely passing. Um, Tito, thanks so much for being a, a, a part of this uh, this sad time and, and filling in uh, those who don't necessarily follow Fiorentina and might only know Davide's story in passing as being the captain of, of Fiorentina and, and a, a national team player to have the insight as to, you know, what's going on in the city and the team and, and, uh, and all those surrounding events. Um, everybody, uh, you can find 
uh, Viola Nation. Uh, they're writing at www.violanation.com and follow them again on Twitter at Viola underscore Nation. Tito, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all covering this and doing a good job on it. Thanks, Tad and Tito. Forza Viola, sempre. Guys, we're, we are going to briefly mention the previous games and those upcoming this week in Europa and Champions. Obviously not given the priority, given the circumstances for this week's podcast, and rightly so. But Marco, Tad, for the games on Saturday, what were your takeaway? We'll start off, first off, Napoli-Roma finished 4-2 in Roma's favor. Tad, what did uh, you take away from this one? Well, absolutely enormous win for Roma, uh, much to the chagrin of Napoli fans. I see people kind of uh, ridiculously, or maybe not so ridiculously, saying that Napoli's lost his title uh, with this game, but it's a performance that Roma needs to build on and cat, you know, have the catalyst with Cengiz and Ndjeko going forward to really secure that Champions League spot. Yeah, on the flip side of that, you know, you just mentioned how everybody's talking about Napoli losing the season here. You know, let's keep in mind that Napoli really did outplay Roma throughout this game. Yeah, Roma finished its chances. Some will say that they played the perfect match. Uh, but I'm just looking at the statistics, you know, 60 to 40% in possession. Napoli had like 21 shots, almost double the amount of shots on goal as well. So Napoli's a dangerous team. They should be able to rebound off this loss against a Roma team that everything was going right for them today. Juve has to lose though for the rest of the season, unfortunately. Yeah, I was uh, rooting for Roma in this one, but it was in a weird situation for any Romanista that uh, our win would help Juve. That's just an always an odd situation. So um, Roma take that victory. We move on to uh, Juventus and OTFR. This one finished one nothing. Paolo Dybala saving Juventus in the last with a one nothing win here. Very last second goal, and uh, Juventus gets all three points, guys. Juventus just seems like they're always able to find that way to just become Captain Clutch right at the end, and Captain Clutch is a made-up superhero name, so just tip of the cap to uh, the return of Nightwing, Paolo Dybala, your superstar, finding a way to, to, to put it away at the end, just nothing but net at the end. Just a prime example of what it takes to be the champions in this league. You have to be able to scrounge out to the last minute against a team like OTFR that has been extremely dangerous this season. You know, for them, they, I think they they'll absorb this blow. Uh, they they played Juve toe to toe. They're still a point back from third place Roma, a point ahead of Inter, so they're in the mix and they've just played a really tough opponent. Uh, but Juventus, this is big for them. Tough week for OTFR, though. Yeah, opposite Milan, they get knocked out of Coppa Italia and they get beat by Juventus. Last game we got is Spal and Bologna. This one finished one nothing. Bologna had a chance at the very last to, to get a draw in this one. But Destro, he gets a tough miss on the goal line, and that meme is not going away anytime soon. It's just what you get for being Destro. You over-celebrate the week before, uh, now Bologna loses not not a crucial game but i'll say on the flip side spall big win big win yeah. big win for them and grassi gets a wild finish uh scores a beautiful goal off the 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 ball deflecting out from a corner kick slams it into the bottom corner and spall man they're looking they're looking dangerous right now in da that 
in that 17th place. Yeah, dangerous, but <laughs> climbing out of the danger zone. That's right. It looks like the law of averages are going to work out in Spall's favor. They've been the best of the worst all season, and the results just haven't shown. They've been unlucky in several instances, but they've played probably the best Calcio um, out of the bottom five teams. So they're working out on this one. And on the other side, I mean, I mean, I just got to chime in on Destro. Yowza. Yeah, shirt stays on this week. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But, I mean, you just got to think that it's really tough to score and keep your eyes focused when you're shooting the ball with your shirt halfway almost ripped off over your head. He was visualizing the free plates of pasta, the free bolognese he was going to get that night uh, for for uh, for saving the point for Bologna. But not so much. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe he'll be shipped out and the, the mayor of the downstairs of the Bologna train station will have uh, one less constituent. I'll tell you what, Bologna should buy Antinucci. And then I would buy that jersey. <laughs> you know what's uh, you know what's kind of funny is uh, these three games we've talked the most about Spall and Bologna. <laughs> Probably true. Yep. All right. So there's the abbreviated week in the league. We'll jump quickly, guys, to Champions League action and Europa action midweek as we're recording. Well, first game up for Champions League, we've got Juve and Tottenham tomorrow uh, at the time of recording anyway. So when you're listening to this, will be the day of. Juventus has a massive test ahead of them right now because they're playing at Wembley and uh, Tottenham has the two away goals. Um, but I think they're going to roll. They're going to roll from this from this last-minute victory. Dybala's back, and Juventus is built for Champions League. So uh, I'm not going to say Forza Juve, Forza Serie A. There you go. That's always a safe one. The other one we've got is Roma and Shakhtar in leg two. That one is in Rome next Tuesday, so we'll be able to talk about uh, that the day of it, it occurs. I guess we'll be recording the next podcast then, but Ted, go ahead. What are you expecting on that one? Well, we find ourselves in the most Roma situations of all Roma situations. Um, having gotten the away goal, playing at home against the Shakhtar don't ask, don't tell team that they have every bit of uh, the ability to wax out, um, but you know, and coming don't off even this, say it. Just coming off this big victory from Napoli, you know, everything going for him. Jengi Zunder streaking, um, you know, Jeko, who's going to miss this weekend uh, due to yellow cards, will be well rested and back. But it's Roma, so you know, I could, I, 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 I bet a piece of my soul on every single game. Um, this one, I'm, I'm hoping uh, the house doesn't win. All right. So there's our Champions League. We also have two Italian teams left in Europa. We've got this Thursday, uh, March 8th, the first leg of the the new round. Uh, We've got Milan and Arsenal in a huge game there. And then you've got OTFR taking on Dynamo Kiev uh, for the other game. So Milan and Arsenal, I think all of Europe is watching that one. Excited for that. Uh, Hoping Milan can continue their train. Milan is, yeah, as you said, it's the team in great form right now. They're riding high. Um, You know, obviously we won't know what happened with the Derby this weekend, but that just kind of keeps their, you know, the invisible momentum going against an Arsenal team who, while very good, is in free fall right now in the uh, in the Premier League. You know, it's 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 that time of year. It must it must be early March when people are starting to scream for Arsene Wenger's job. It's right for the picking for Milan. Yep. So we will see for that first leg of uh, of this round. OTFR. I think they'll be in good shape against Dinamo Kiev. 
Uh, but Dinamo Kiev is a tough team to beat. So uh, as long as they keep their head on straight uh, and just focus all their energies in this because they you know they could very well be distracted with the with the Champions League race that's going on in Serie A. Yep. Last bit of news then turning back to the league for this weekend in Serie A week 28. Uh we did find out obviously you just heard this in the interview uh with Tito that Fiorentina will not be playing. Um so again, this podcast is obviously dedicated to all of Fiorentina and Davide Astori. Um, we're, we're, uh, our, our hearts are with you guys, uh, in, in this tough time, Forza Syria, Forza Viola. I'm looking forward to, uh, the remembrances and, and, and the, uh, the support shown around the Syria this weekend. It's going to be an uplifting moment in a dark time. Yep. So we'll be back next week. Until then, ragazzi, Forza Syria. What do we say? Grazie, Capitano. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao.